Hey, how's it going, podcast listeners? It's Jeep and Bubba, and welcome to another episode of the Jeep and Bubba podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Rubicon Trail. So, uh, the last podcast was on the Georgia Traverse, and it kind of got me excited to talk about another trail system, my favorite trail system that I've ever been on in my life. I have yet to go and do, um, I've done the Black Hills in South Dakota, but I have not done um, Black Bear Pass in Colorado, and I haven't done Moab yet. So after I run those, I'll tell you if it's my favorite of all time. But right now, it's my favorite of all time in the world. It's a beautiful place in California. Being a Southerner, we have a lot of uh, uh, preconceived notions about California, and all of those get destroyed in that area of California. It's a fantastic place, and I do encourage anyone to go. So I wanted to talk about the trail itself. I want to talk about why you might be interested in going. And I want to talk about the two times that I've been there. But first, I'm going to get me a nice sip of coffee. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have an adult beverage because it's 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm having a nice iced coffee. Or actually, it's cold brew. <clears throat> That's good. It's got Mexican vanilla in it. And uh, it's fantastic. Okay, so first time I went to the Rubicon Trail. Uh, is right about four or five years ago. I worked for Nitro Gear and Axle. And I had the opportunity to go up there for the Jeepers Jamboree. Let me make a sidebar note right now. If you think that you might want to do the Rubicon Trail, and almost every Wrangler owner um, has maybe a little bit of inkling in the back of their mind that that might be a cool place for them to go, uh, the Jeepers Jamboree and the Jeep Jamboree are the best times to go for someone who hasn't driven the trail before. And the reason being is uh, it's put on by uh, the Jeep Jamboree USA out of uh, Georgetown, California. And uh, they, for a fee, they trail guide you. They provide meals. And um, it's four days or you can do a three-day. You can do the four-day or the three-day. But uh, food is provided. They have lots of trail guides. And it's really just the best way for anyone who hasn't done it before uh, who's not from that area to go out and do it. Uh, the Jeepers Jamboree is, is an adult only trip. Uh, it is not family friendly. Uh, not that you won't have a good time, but, uh, they require that I believe you have to be 15 to go on it that week. Um, then one cool thing is they do block the trail to be Jeeps only for a certain amount of time. So that's pretty cool because the trail system itself is actually a county road. Um, so the Jeepers Jamboree is Jeep only. They do make some ex- some exceptions um, for vendors. And then the Jeep Jamboree is a family-friendly event. And um, both put on by the same guys. And um, it's fantastic. Really, really, really great time. So uh, both the trips I've been on were Jeepers Jamborees. And uh, again, I went with Nitro Gear and Axle. So my first trip was epic, 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 because um, my boss at the time gave me a phone call and said, hey, if you can get your Jeep here, you can do the Rubicon Trail, and I'm going to give you two tickets, and those tickets are worth $1,000. So just come out here, wheel, it's going to be amazing. So he was planning on heading there himself, 
Um, but they had one open spot that was supposed to be for one of the guys out of the Washington State office, but he was having some uh, mechanical difficulties at the time with his LJ. Uh, go figure. And uh, my JK was running great, had low miles at the time, uh, two and a half inch uh, mid arm kit, thirty seven inch tires, regeared, uh, ARB lockers, front and rear, uh, truss gusseted. Uh, JCR bumpers, fenders, worn winch, really nicely built JK. So, um, he said, catch is, uh, it's this week, upcoming weekend, uh, next weekend. So it was Friday when he called me. So it wasn't going to be Saturday or Sunday. It was going to be the, the following week. So he said, you might want to get a move on. So I, I call my wife. She's at work. And I said, Hey, do you have any vacation days? She said, maybe one or two. I said, well, do you mind getting fired? She said, why? I said, well, we just got asked to do the Rubicon Trail in California. I'm going to drive out there and I want you to come with me. And I think it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And she said, you know what? I don't care if I get fired. Although it was a good job. Let's do it. So we did it. We jumped in my Jeep, um, that night, uh, and we drove to Dallas, Texas. Oh, right outside of Dallas, Texas, there's a town called Big Sandy. And uh, it's my sister's in-laws. So her husband's parents, my brother-in-law's parents, uh, they live in Big Sandy, Texas. We stayed the day with them, hung out some Saturday. Then from there, headed to um, uh, Falls. Uh, Big Falls, something Falls. I apologize, Texas, but a place called Falls. <laughs> uh, I think it's Big Falls, something like that. Anyways, it's just uh, about three hours from Big Sandy. It's like two hours outside of Dallas. It's north of Dallas. We didn't make it that far um, because we spent the most of the day with them on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday, we made a big trek across Texas, made it through Amarillo and Albuquerque, and then made it right across the border. Um, we actually, we were right at the border of New Mexico and Arizona, spent the night there at a casino. Um, because casinos, if you don't know, if you're traveling out West, casinos are so much cheaper because they expect you to spend money while you're there. We did. We actually won that night. I won't disclose that amount, but we did. Okay. And it was definitely some gas money, but not enough to retire at all. Uh, a couple hundred bucks. So then we, um, Headed back down the road, spent the next night in Las Vegas. Again, uh, casinos are very cheap to stay in compared to regular hotel rooms. We stayed the next night at the Flamingo, I believe it was. Uh, no, Tropicana. There you go. It's Tropicana. Uh, 65 bucks for a suite. It was a fantastic room. Um, and we got into Vegas a little late. We, again, played a few slot machines, but moved on. And then from Vegas, made our way to Georgetown, where we arrived in Georgetown uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, excuse me, Tuesday Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, they have a vendor show. They shut down the town of Georgetown, which isn't a large town to begin with. Then Thursday, you hit the trail. So the trail is about 22 miles long, um, but the hard section of it is I believe about 12 miles long, maybe 14 miles. And, um, they, they break it up, um, basically into a couple different sections. Now I've watched videos of people doing it online and they take them three or four days to do the trail. 
I know from experience that I can do it in two days. Um, that's not really pushing it. It'd be kind of like eight hours of wheeling the first day and like four to five the second day. So really not that long. Um, but some people with less built Jeeps or people who brake on the trail, um, they run into those issues. So, um, anyways, we get out to the Rubicon trail, um, and at, we did the vendor show as Nitro. And the vendor show is fantastic. So if you go to the Jeepers Jamboree event, you can do this uh, thing where they do a vendor show on Wednesdays, shut down the town. They get live music out there. I mean, it's really a whole deal. It's a lot of fun. And then, like I say, we get in Thursday. They start off the day with breakfast, burritos, and coffee. Uh, you see the iconic uh, Welcome to the Rubicon um, sign. And uh, it's just beautiful. And uh, you start off the trail, uh, the first little bit is flat rock, something that looks similar to Moab, but darker color rock, but still kind of consistency of the rock and the grip. And then you get into a section of trail known as Gatekeeper. And Gatekeeper um, has some big rocks to start off, and one last um, kind of challenge as it goes down and back up, you're really having to climb up with uh if you have a low clearance vehicle you're going to be on your sliders and skids and in that section i ripped out a front inner fender as well as um destroyed my steering stabilizer uh and that was it but we broke those two things i had to rip the steering stabilizer off i had to rip the inner fender out and we kept on going kept on trucking we got to the next section which is a large slab uh and then it carries on into the actual trail. At this point, my wife looked at me and said, do we have to do this? Because we just destroyed our inner fender and our steering stabilizer. It doesn't sound that bad, but we knew we had to drive this Jeep all the way back home. To tell you how far it is, we did so many miles, we had to get an oil change along the way. <laughs> I mean, four to five days of driving. So if you brake, you got a long ways to go. So... I'm not going to get too much more into the trail, but, uh, at this time, but, but basically the Jeepers Jamboree, um, once you get to Rubicon Springs, you camp there, you hang out for a couple days. They make amazing food. The Springs itself are deep and easy to swim in and fun and cold, uh, beautiful weather. It's hot during the day, but perfectly cool at night. Uh, a lot of people sleep in rooftop tents. I slept in a hammock both times I was out there and just great weather. Um, the only downside or plus side to some people is you're not going to get cell phone service. So you are away from the world for a little bit, which is nice. But at the same time, uh, if you got family or small kids that you're trying to get in contact with and just let them know you're okay or find out they're okay, it is a little, a little scary in that sense. But, uh, yeah, fantastic time and just really, really great. So we, we wheeled the Rubicon, um, and ended up total, I broke, um, I blew all four shocks, um, got them too hot, overheated them and blew the shocks and the steering stabilizer as well as the inner fender, uh, and really destroyed my gas tank skid. Um, a factory gas tank skid. Uh, when I got home, I ended up having to pull it off and beat it back out. Ended up putting a JCR gas tank skid on after that. But that was it. That was my only real break. So no, nothing major for me. But 
that was that first trip. The second trip I took was with JCR Off-Road, and that time we uh, used the company um, RV, uh, the 28-foot 28 foot, 28 foot RV with a 28-foot trailer, and me and the uh, vice president and co-owner of the company, Daryl Hudson, uh, made a bombed a trip out there. We got out there in three days, I believe. We left on a, a Monday morning and got there in time for the vendor show uh, Wednesday. And, no, we left Sunday, excuse me, Sunday, and got there in time for the vendor show uh, on Wednesday and uh, wheeled the trail. And we took out Crusader. So you can check out JCR's Crusader. They actually recently just sold that Jeep. But it is a two-door JK with a three-and-a-half-inch long arm, um, 40-inch tires, uh, Terra 44 axles front and rear, ARB air lockers, custom cage. The crazy part about that Jeep is Daryl actually cut it in half and extended the Jeep. It's actually stretched in the body um, like... 12 inches 10 or 12 inches is crazy um it has all the jcr off off-road armor on it custom paint job again they just sold this jeep uh just a beautiful beautiful jeep uh i believe it went to sema one year uh, i know it's been to daytona for jeep beach multiple times multiple other shows but really just beautiful build and uh, it was it was insane how well that particular jeep rode the trail um but we had a great trip uh, it was definitely more convenient than driving a Jeep. Uh, so we got to sleep in the RV at night. Uh, the generator did go out, but the weather was still great. And um, that was a fast trip. So when I did the Georgia trip, I was on the road, including wheeling the trail, probably 14 or 15 days. With JCR, I think we were only on the road uh, nine days, maybe 10. So um, a lot faster. Of course, Michigan to... to uh, Northern California is a little bit closer, but not that much closer. So um, those are my two experiences that I had, and I'll get into those a little bit more. But what the Rubicon Trail is, is basically a, uh, a county road that's that's maintained by El Dorado County. Um, it's the biggest tourist attraction for them in the area. It originally was uh, a trail for mining, and uh, it was a trail, it was a road to connect um, Tahoe, uh, across the mountain and lake over into, uh, okay, Georgetown. And, um, you know, it, it, again, it was a road, they had a hotel on it. They had a, a, a bar, um, uh, but it was a rough road. It would have been traversed back then in wagon. It would have been traveled on a horse and mule, uh, wasn't very, easily accessible um wasn't a good uh, trail for modern vehicles once they came out and uh but it it, it really gained its popularity from off-roading fans with wheelies and the cj jeeps and guys would have these jeep jamborees out there and they would just bomb these things their little jeeps around it would take days and days and days and they camp and have races and they do all kind of stuff you can Google the history of it. Uh, there's a nice video on YouTube about this, but uh, really, really a cool pl- historic place. And uh, really, where it got its famous name through Jeeps was uh, when they built the Rubicon Jeeps. So uh, the guys at Chrysler were trying to convince the guys at Mercedes, Mercedes owned Chrysler at the time, that 
They needed to build a more off-road Jeep, and they said, nobody's going to buy that. And they said, well, what do we need to do to prove it? They said, well, if you can make a stock Jeep that can drive the Rubicon Trail on stock parts, then you can make it. And that's how the Rubicon was born. They built a Jeep that was capable of doing the Rubicon Trail on stock parts. So now when you see trail-rated badges on Jeeps, that doesn't just include the Wrangler. That includes uh, the Trailhawk and the Grand Cherokee, uh, I believe, as well as the um, the Compass and the Renegade or have trail-rated um, vehicles. But um, that means they actually did the Rubicon Trail. Now, there are offshoots of the Rubicon Trail. On the trail, There's there's sometimes there's easier... Uh, paths that you can take, easier trails you can take. When you, if you if you happen to do it with a Jeepers Jamboree, they kind of pick the path that you take. Um, sometimes that's the harder stuff. Sometimes easier stuff. That also doesn't include them uh, using uh, stacking rocks, things like that, uh, airing down. It doesn't because the fact that your trail hawk could possibly do, well, has done the Rubicon Trail, uh, your Cherokee, that doesn't mean it didn't rip off the front bumper, can opener the door. That just means they were able to push it through that trail. So, uh, but that's where it got its name, and that's where it kind of got famous. Now, a lot of people think the Rubicon Trail is uh, going to be the hardest trail they've ever done. Uh, a lot of the trail system in the United States is based on the Rubicon Trail. So the Rubicon Trail is rated a 10. So if you're trying to compare, like, your local trail to the Rubicon Trail, the Rubicon Trail is considered a 10. Um, with that being said, it is not the hardest trail I've ever wheeled. It is not the hardest obstacles I've ever done. Um, but the thing about the Rubicon is the first eight miles of it is so grueling. If you make one little mistake, you're going to break something. So that's why it's such a hard trail. So it's not that there's one or two really, really hard obstacles that make it a really impassable trail, although it does have some big obstacles. But there's just never a section of the Rubicon uh, up until the very end as you get to the Tahoe side. But actually, once you get past Cadillac Hill going into Tahoe, it becomes a gravel road. But before... But from between the beginning of the trailhead to uh, Rubicon Springs and all the way up through Cadillac Hill, there's never a time where it's just an easy gravel road. There's always rocks. There's always big boulders. There's always sand. Um, there's huge in, uh, elevation changes. You're at high elevation. If you break, you're nowhere close to a store. In fact, you're an hour from Georgetown when you start. And that's the closest town. And then you're another hour from Tahoe when you get off. Um, and to get back to where you started is like a two-hour trip around the mountain. So it's just a long... It's a, Everything about it's long and hard. And that's what makes it a 10 because um, I've never been on a trail system that just keeps punishing you and makes you pay attention all day. You're, and and Crusader is one of the nicer Jeeps I've ever wheeled in. That's a, not a buggy. That's a you know, street legal cruisable Jeep. And it really made good work of it. But it still took six, seven hours for us to just get Rubicon Springs. And it weared at us. We still had breakages on it. Um, had a U-joint break. 
and you know, we are able to fix it. But if you didn't have the tools, you didn't have the parts, um, it is a bad place to be broken. Now, with that being said, people are very helpful in the Rubicon Trail because they know that. Um, they're, uh, they, they did have uh, the ability to radio back to town and possibly get us parts if it needed it. But people were, uh, the people that work the Jamboree are very helpful to that kind of situation. But it does make you really, really think about what you're doing. When I wheel in North Georgia, I don't want to break because I'm an hour from home. But I've got 20 friends that could bring me parts from the local parts store. Um, worst case scenario is I camp one night or I tow. But that's not really an option there. I mean, you're not going to, and I mean, unless you're a local, you're not going to have friends running your parts. Even though, even with that, you're going to be waiting four or five hours to get those parts. And there's, it's just not a very pop, Tahoe is a populated area, but it's really not a heavily populated area in the Georgetown entrance area. So, um, if you add all that stuff up, being in elevation, all the big boulders is huge rocks. It is a 10 trail because you have to, have to, have to focus because there's just big logs and big rocks and it's all very passable um, to a good driver. I mean, I think um, if you had a, a TJ uh, or newer Wrangler on 33s with lockers, good clearance and some decent armor, you could run the trail. Now we had a guy in a YJ on some like 33s in front of us one year, about a four, four inch lift. And we towed him up everything. But if you have a winch and people are willing to tow you, you can make it through the trail that way too. Um, there's tons of places to winch on. Now with the Jeep Jamboree and the Jeepers Jamboree, they have spotters on all the hard obstacles. So they make that a lot easier for you. If you go out there by yourself and self guide or you and a couple buddies, it may seem like one of the hardest trails you've ever done because you don't know the exact lines and those local guys do and they will help you. So a couple of things that are famous about the trail when you get on the trail, uh, gatekeeper, big sluice, little sluice, um, all those are obstacles. There's a place called Buck Island. It's about three quarters of the way. It's a nice place to relax. It's a great place to camp and a lot of locals fix their vehicles there because there's water there as far as like running water and it's a flat um, a flat rock area and it's a good place. That's not as dusty as the rest of the trail. Uh, it's wider and it's a good place to work on your vehicle. If you do break, there's a place to swim. Um, so Buck Island and then Buck Island, you got to do the sluices after that. And then you make it into Rubicon Springs. The Rubicon Springs is a fantastic place to camp. And there's a lot of, uh, just beautiful running water places to swim, deep swimming holes, uh, as well as little waterfalls and things like that. Then Cadillac Hill, uh, named that way, uh, for a Cadillac trying to cross the trail and getting stuck there and left there. Still Cadillac, an old Cadillac in the bushes there. It is crazy grade of elevation. Um, so heading up elevation while rock crawling and wheeling, uh, I happened to follow Daryl to film that section and it worked my lungs to the extreme, basically chasing a Jeep uphill at elevation. Um, my head was pounding. You're at about 6,500 feet. I believe the most, the majority of the time you're at the Rubicon. So you're at some heavy elevation. Lots of just loose, silky dust is on everything there. Like I say, big, big rocks. Um, so it's, it's a heck of a place. Um, 
traction's not a huge issue once you kind of heat up the tires and work some of that dust off some of the rocks. But if you happen to get some moisture in your tires, it is hard to find traction on those rocks. I would hate to try that trail if it was raining, although I've never been there while it's raining. Um, just a beautiful place. I think it's a, it's a, definitely a good place to go pay homage to pilgrimage to, to, to get out there and make that trip. Uh, it's iconic. If you do decide to do so, uh, Georgetown and, and Tahoe, both the, the two towns that are at the beginning and the end of the trail are beautiful places to stay. Um, I would love to spend more time in Tahoe. It seems like a great place. And near Tahoe, there's some other trails uh, that guys ride that are, they say that are even harder than the Rubicon Trail. And I can't think of them off the top of my head, but you can always Google that or get on a, um, uh, a Facebook community page and see if you can get that information or look on guy or something like that. But there are, there's a place called a dirty dozen and, uh, there's a couple other trails in that area. And, uh, they're just known for being a really good area to go off roading and wheel. Um, if you're headed from the East coast, uh, especially the Southeast, you can, uh, really have a great time road tripping out there because, um, as you get out West, uh, for a Georgia boy like me, seeing the Grand Canyon, uh, seeing West Texas and uh, Cadillac Ranch out there, and, uh, and and going through some of those places in New Mexico and Arizona, Utah, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, if you're from the Northeast and you travel out there, going through Wyoming, uh, it's just a beautiful state as well as Utah is absolutely gorgeous and, uh, Nevada, Nevada's a great state. So just, uh, just beautiful things to see. Uh, California is like a mystical, it just seems like it's out of a movie when you get in that area. Um, just the winding roads and things like that. It's absolutely beautiful. You live in the state of California, you live in Washington state, Oregon, that part of the country. I mean, or Texas, some of that, I would, I would say just get out there. I mean, it's so much fun. Um, I, again, I suggest doing it in an event thing like the Jeep Jamboree, and the Jeepers Jamboree. There are other events that run there. Um, you don't have to be in a Jeep to run this trail. You can be in any kind of vehicle, any time of the year. Um, and you can go out there and off road. Again, check with El Dorado County. Make sure that the trail's open. See if you need any kind of permits. But besides that, go out and be safe. Bring tons of tools, lots and lots of water and food. Uh, your stuff to camp because it's a beautiful place to camp. You're not going to be able to run the trail in one day unless you're just insane on amount of Red Bull and you got great lights. I would just recommend running the trail in at least two days, but you know, three or four would be fun as well. And, uh, it's just a great place to go to. I would absolutely recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's a wonderful trail. It's a, uh, Jeep badge of honor trail. So you can get, if you're in that program that Jeep does, you can get a badge of honor there. And, um, that's really it. If you, I, I can't think of any other tips or tricks all the top of my head. I would bring a dust mask or a, a bandana or something like that, but tons of water, um, to get out there. There's really not much civilization bef- at all going from Georgetown to there. So get everything you need in Georgetown before you go out there. And, um, again, uh, the trail is just absolutely beautiful. Um, if you want some pictures or you want to check out any videos that I, that I've done in the past about the trail, um, just hit me up on social and I'll send that over to you. 
But guys, I really appreciate you listening. Uh, next podcast, I will cover my trip to South Dakota and what I think of the Black Hills, which is a fantastic trail system as well. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Hope there's an adventure in you guys' future. And as always, we'll be seeing you.